As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is the Tribune Audio Network. The thought that this may be life, this might be it, is inconceivable. I just keep thinking the thought that you are here filming us seems surreal. And I've lived this now 15 months, 24 hours a day, nonstop thinking about it. And I just still cannot believe this is our family. Over the course of nearly 35 years as a reporter, I've interviewed presidents, Super Bowl champions, and rock stars. But I have never heard a story like this. For everybody else, They get to graduate, get the car, you know, go to prom and remember it. And I wanted to experience that stuff. I wanted to be happy. That's Sarah Little. She's talking about her younger sister, Caitlin. Caitlin seemed to have it all going for her as a freshman and star runner at her high school. But it was one day at practice that changed everything, not just in her life, but for her entire family. From the Tribune Audio Network, I'm Fox 8's Bob Buckley, and this is Caitlin Can't Remember. For 16 months, Caitlin has been stoic about it all, until I asked her how her life has changed. I can't do things I love. I can't do sports. I can't sit at the table with my family in the morning (laughs) because I just don't get it (laughs) and that's hard. Her story sounded just so crazy. It couldn't be real. Could it? It's very scary. I've been doing this for 21 years and I've never seen anything like this. When you first meet Caitlin, she blends in seamlessly with her classmates at Southeast Guilford High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's nice, nice, nice. As you might expect in a runner, she's lean and fit. You look great, Will. Look good, Caitlin. With that glide in her step that all good runners have. Falcons on three. One, two, two, three. Falcons! On this day, she's doing sprints with her cross-country teammates. Nice, 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 nice. Go, go, go. Good job, guys. That's her coach, Jennifer Vandiver. Four more. Coach Vandiver was an accomplished college runner herself at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. So she knows what potential looks like. And she saw plenty of it in Caitlin. She was one of my top runners, yes. Just loved running, loved running, very feisty on the track, um, wanted to do more. She kept asking, how can I get better? What extra can I do? Are all the microphones turned on? Uh, I turned both of theirs on, I can tell you that. 
We put microphones on Caitlin's parents as we sit down to talk to them for the first time. And I have to make a quick decision. Come on in. Yeah. Hey guys. Who all came? They live in a modest, cozy ranch house on the edge of town. And as we sit down, their den is filled with not just them and Caitlin, but their other three children and a family with whom they've been very close for years. It's what we call in the TV business doing an interview with a studio audience. And it's almost never a good idea. People just don't respond the same way to your questions if they can see everybody watching. But will asking everyone to leave upset the mood? Tough call, but I let everyone stay when I asked Caitlin's mom, Jennifer Little, to take me back to the beginning. Tell me about that day then, when things change. What was the date? Thursday, 5 p.m., October 12th, 2017. Pretty easy to remember. Caitlin was a freshman at Southeast Guilford in that fall of 2017. And she was at cross-country practice that day, October 12th. Get a little more space. The last thing you told me you remember is coach saying, three, two, one, go. Zach, go. And you ran at full speed. Like, I saw what happened. I was there on the day. That's Will Earnhardt. He's two years older than Caitlin and is one of the best runners on the Southeast team. I asked him about that Thursday practice back in October of 2017. People were messing around as we were running and it was just a freak accident. Two of them collided heads. Nothing malicious, just kids being kids. And as I've heard the story told by several different people, someone jokingly shoved another runner and that girl's head collided with Caitlin's right temple though Caitlin doesn't remember it very well. I know I got hit. I don't know by what. Will Earnhardt was right in front of them, so he didn't see Caitlin get hit, but... I saw her immediately afterwards. She looked terrible. From all accounts, Caitlin never blacked out, but the hit was serious. I can't tell you exactly how much Caitlin weighs. It's probably not more than 110 pounds, though. And she is tough, and so no one was quite sure how to react to the injury. Her mom, Jennifer, picks her up after practice most days. She was supposed to be finished running about 5.15, so I pulled to park where I normally do. She wasn't there. She wasn't there. She wasn't there. Her teammates come, but she doesn't come with her with them, and they said, um, oh, oh, well, Caitlin got hurt. She's on the field. About that time, I get the phone call. Miss Little, Caitlin's been hit in the head. We need you to come check her out. So I quickly get around the stadium and get over there, and she's sitting and very dazed, not talking. And everybody's talking around her, but Caitlin's not speaking. I said, what's your pain level? Maybe a nine or a 10 right now. Never heard her speak those numbers. You know, the athletic director's telling me, let her go home and rest, she's fine, we checked her out, it's all good. Actually, it wasn't the athletic director that looked at Caitlin after the incident that day. It was the certified trainer that the schools are required to have there during practices and meets. And the trainer said it just looked like a concussion. And at that point, we just expected it to be a normal concussion. The next day was homecoming, Friday, homecoming at Southeast. And she really wanted to go. And we, we let her go, thinking, just take it easy, like the doctors and the athletic director said. Got a call midday. It's not, it's not going well. She's really hurting, her headache. And her sister was letting me know she needs to go on home. And that weekend, we just let her rest, as you should with a concussion. Still not talking, not wanting to do anything. The headache wasn't getting better. So they went to see more doctors, specialists, you know, the kind of people who should know what they're dealing with when they saw Caitlin. 
But Caitlin's dad, Chris Little, says that everywhere they went, every doctor they saw had some version of the same speech they heard from the neurologist in their hometown. He said, well, okay, so this looks pretty bad, but in my experience, he said, 90% of these resolve themselves within three three weeks. Three weeks was the magic number. We just needed to make it to three weeks. Wait, just let her rest. In three weeks, she'll be fine. That was the advice from every corner. And it's advice that Chris and Jennifer Little will forever regret taking. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's a little past six in the morning on a school day, and most of the little family is up and going eating breakfast in the kitchen, watching the local news. Daniel, did you sleep tight last night? Caitlin's still asleep downstairs in the basement in a room that she shares with her sister, Sarah. She has the kind of single bed that you'd expect a teenager to sleep in, made out of Carolina pine, and a small Polaroid photo that reminds her of her first love, horses. The photo is of Caitlin when she was two, being put on a horse by her dad. On her desk nearby, there are horse figurines. Above her headboard, a horse painting, and nine riding ribbons strung together in a semicircle. At the foot of her bed, there's a stuffed toy quarter horse in the bin. On the wall to the right, there's a plaque for her award as Rookie of the Year for the Southeast Guilford Cross Country Team in 2017. They misspelled her name on the plaque. They ended it L-Y-N instead of L-I-N. But to her, the award is really just a story, since they gave it to her two weeks after the accident. She doesn't remember anything about getting it. The one other thing you notice when you walk into her room is a framed Bible verse on the wall. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It's into that room that Chris Little, Caitlin's dad, comes each morning to begin the ritual that has defined their lives for nearly 500 days now. Caitlin. Hey, sweetheart. Uh, so when I go to get Caitlin up, I try to tell her um, what the temperature's gonna be, whether it's raining or not. But first, he has to tell her what day it is. Hey, today is January the 16th. It's about 25 degrees out. It's got about 50 degrees today. Every day for the last 16 months, Caitlin has woken up thinking it's the day after her accident. She wakes up every day thinking it's Friday, October 13th, 2017. And every morning, her dad tells her what happened. You got hit in the head doing cross-country practice, and you've been out of things for a while. It's been about about 15 months since she got hit. So you're going to need to get caught up. Each time her dad tells her that, though, she doesn't push back. She doesn't say, that can't be. I may think that. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, but then I look around, I'm like, hmm, things are different. 
So if the facts line up with what he says, then I say, okay, I guess that's, I guess that's how it is. Um, it's not easy, but. In the first few weeks, you know, maybe a month after the accident, I would tell her, hey, you know, you, you hit your head doing cross-country practice and, you know, you've been out of school for a while. But I had to stop that after about the first few weeks or a month because anybody can um, deal with an issue that's been a week or two weeks or three weeks. But after you get to the point where you're saying, well, Caitlin, it's been, you know, a month. Caitlin, it's been two months. It's just too much to take in right when you wake up. That lack of pushback on what her father tells her every morning is probably what amazes me most as I've gotten to know the family. It's just who Caitlin is, though it surprises her father, too. I'm always afraid that she's going to jump out of bed and tell me it's wrong and it can't be and why am I lying to her? So I'm always very hesitant every day when I do it. But it's my job. I have to tell her. She's and it, never pushed back. Uh, the most that she's ever done is act very, very surprised or say something like, how can that be? Um, and when she does that, I explain to her that she has a journal. It's on her desk. She has post-it notes. Read those. And if she has any questions, come and see me in 15, 20 minutes. Is it a heartbreak every day you do it? Every time. But every day, the first thing Caitlin does when she gets out of bed is read her journal that her father puts on the desk nearby. Your journal will explain a little bit over there. The journal is something to have Caitlin do every night before she goes to bed. It's very much like a, ske a schedule. Mm -hmm. So it says... You woke up, you went, washed your face, mm. ate breakfast, brushed your teeth, cleaned up the kitchen. But even after she's done reading that and joins the family in the kitchen. How'd you sleep, Caitlin? Don't know? Okay. She really doesn't join them. Because of the lingering effect of her traumatic brain injury, the light and noise of the kitchen are too much. Caitlin retreats to an office just off the kitchen to eat in solitude. But before she does, her mom has to show her the schedule for the day. Can I show you a little checklist we have real quick for you? To help you know that you've taken the right vitamins, go ahead and check off that you took all your breakfast vitamins. The house is filled with lists and labels. Every cabinet door in the kitchen is labeled with what's inside to remind Caitlin that the one on the far left is filled with coffee, oils, and hot sauce. The one next to the sink on the right, pain relievers and dinner plates. All the items and containers in the refrigerator have a label telling Caitlin what it is, from the leftover sweet potatoes to the paleo blueberry muffins. Caitlin's big sister Sarah sees its value as a coping mechanism. I mean, I've sort of told a couple people, that's like living in Alice in Wonderland. He's in there, they have eat me, drink me, use this. And that's all of her sticky notes everywhere. It's just use this, wear this, you really like this. And it's sort of just what you do, you know. It's the same way that you would have reminders on your phone of you've got this then and this this day. But maybe the most significant notes are the 33 post-its over the desk in Caitlin's bedroom. So I have lots of post-it notes that say, hey, let's do this, or this is new, or things to help me out. So it's not as hard as I'd imagine it'd be without them. One tells her that her toothbrush is in the bathroom. Another reminds her to clean out the fish tank every Saturday. But my favorite is the one that says, stop wearing Sarah's shirts cardigans and socks. It gets on her nerves. So just after 8 o'clock, as they prepare to leave, 
Caitlin learns that she'll spend the day with her mother at the elementary school where Jennifer teaches. You're going to be at school with me this morning because of the exams that are going on at the high school? The school. Did that move your classroom or anything? No, my classroom did not move. Good question. We're really, really crowded, but we did not move classrooms. Good question, sweetheart. An hour after she wakes up, Caitlin has adjusted to this not being the day that she thought it was. Well, it is definitely not Friday, October 13th. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot colder outside because I looked at the thermometer and it said 28 degrees. Not liking that, but that is what it is. Each day about this time, her reality sets in. I'm not sure how I got here. But I know that I am here, which is hard to accept, but there's nothing I can do about it. So Caitlin goes back to work, getting her papers together for a school day that she won't attend because she can't take the tests like her classmates can, since she doesn't have any memory of what they were taught yesterday or the day before or any day since her accident 16 months ago. But still, she's at school most days. Everything she's doing in school, she's going through the motions of school, and it's great, and she wants to do it, she wants to perform. But the next day, it's a complete reset, a blank slate. And that's what Southeast High Principal Mark Seagraves has to have his team ready to deal with. Generally, you just thought, okay, well, we've, we've dealt with these before. That's Principal Seagraves. And the faculty and staff at Southeast soon realize what they have in Caitlin is different. 23 years in the business, I'm not sure that I've ever seen anything or experienced anything like this before. Teaching the student who can't remember what you taught her yesterday in the next episode of Caitlin Can't Remember. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and rate it. That'll help get the word out about Caitlin. Also, you can go to MyFox8.com where we have video of Caitlin and her family to see how they get through their day. Caitlin Can't Remember is written and reported by me, your host, Bob Buckley. Chris Weaver is our producer and editor. Our executive producer is Kevin Daniels. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.